brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I don't know shit about fuck. What up, Ricardo Faggot? I like sucking. Legit bad podcast. Welcome to by Carl's Jr. I like China. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Yeah, why would you choose today to go live? It's crazy. Because <laughs> uh, I'm stupid. We stayed up very late last night. There's a bunch of teenage girls at my house for my daughter's birthday. And then Ben and Lene's kiddo stayed the night. We're just not... Today going live was bad. Yeah, the drinking just had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't great either. Joe has uh, had no hair in the dog right now. Yes, yes. How long have you been sober now? You've been sober for a while, right? Coming up on 15 years, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought it was like two or three years. Damn. I was going to say, Joe, that's a little bit longer than uh, <laughs> than you had said. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, Ben's a fellow sober person. All right. I'm Ben. Thank you, sir. He was, uh, he was a bad drunk. Oh, I was, I was fantastic 99 of the nights. It was just that one out of 100 where it got pretty bad. <laughs> End up in different states and... Yeah, I'd usually I would end up in a different closet pissing on something. So uh, it just ended up not being a, a, pissing a in closets. Oh, couch cushions, yeah. everything. It, uh, it's crazy. Well, he lived weird, with us at the time. <laughs> weird shit. It was. Uh, I did, however, and I I told this story uh, several podcasts ago. I think the weirdest thing I did was when we were all living together. I was taking the couch, uh, and I uh, I remember going to bed. That's the thing. I wasn't like blacked out drunk, but after while had been drunken and unconscious, woke up in what I can only describe as a very small hard box. At least that's what I thought. It was completely dark. I was all cramped. I couldn't lift my head up and I was freaking out. And uh, then I realized I was in the back of a car. And so I went, okay. The car is not moving, so then I start feeling around. The back doors are locked. I can't open those. And then I finally get up to the front seat, find the unlock button, open up the door, and the running lights come on. And I had wandered out into the garage, climbed in through Joe's front seat, and then sat in my nephew's car seat in the back seat and fell back asleep with the door shut. So no more drinking for Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking faggot. <laughs> are we live? I think so. It says we are. I don't know. But yeah, we'll just start it up. So yeah, welcome back to Legit Bat on this awesome Sunday where nobody's hungover and everybody feels great. I'm not speaking of myself, of course. Uh, we have Grimerica lads on today, Darren and Graham. How's it going, guys? Good. Thanks for having us back. Good. Yeah, thanks for having us. 
Oh yeah, it's been a, it's been a bit. I don't think we've had you on like a year, but I've seen you here and there and uh, tried to make it on that show you guys did, but it just didn't work out that night. But what yeah, do you guys do it again? Yeah, for sure. What have you guys been up to lately over at Grand America? Well, I mean, uh, we got back from Egypt not too long ago. That was a fun trip with Ben from Uncharted X. So that was, uh, you know, pretty mind blowing. And we've also been talking to Randall about this whole uh, kind of water or like this conversion of uh, cars to run on water through this like sacred geometry kind of over unity energy. So that's been kind of front and center a little bit as well. And uh, lots of audiobooks coming out. We got lots going on. Got a trip coming to Northern California in about a week and a half. That's always gonna gonna talk to you guys about that. You're gonna be right in our town. So, I mean, I, Graham was saying, is that something you want people to know? Is... No, not yet. No. Okay, all right. But uh, yeah, so you guys are gonna be in our neck of the woods. So uh, if you guys swing by, we can barbecue. Or I, I'm sure you guys won't have time to be doing any of that because all the where you. We're uh, about 10 minutes south of Reading, which is apparently where you guys are moving, or meeting up at, moving. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, we should chat. I could use uh, the some local flavor, because I'm planning on using a place on the south end of Reading. I forget what it's called. It looks like they're like a takeout barbecue joint. Looks pretty good. Um, What's it called? And uh, it's smoke and jealous. That's oh, it. that's a good yeah, point. It's a little hole in the wall. Yeah, they're yeah, and it seems like they're kind of sort of built for that sort of come in and grab a bunch of food for a bunch of people. When I talked to him on the phone, he was like, "Oh yeah, this is our bread and butter." Yeah. But if you guys are around there, then it might be good to pick your brain on uh, some other option. It looks like there was a gourmet pizza joint I had my eye on, but you guys might know some local places. It's not a ton of people; it's only like forty people, right? So you guys might know some people that might be able to handle that. I'm looking for sort of the like any places, maybe you guys have some buddies that have a restaurant. Well, we could either take out is ideal, but you know, we can bring them in too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, there's tons of good pizza places here too, and everybody has their own, you know, opinion on what is good pizza and what isn't. But I like all of it. It's cheese and crust and pepperoni. It's great. You should make pizzas for everyone. Joe's done that before. Yeah. <laughs> Joe barbecued a bunch of pizzas for a huge barbecue we had. He made individual pizzas for like. 20 people or something. It was bar, yeah. On the barbecue. Like, you take raw dough and slap it on the hot grill. It is fucking amazing. <laughs> it gets all crispy and shit. I don't know why we're talking about food, but now you have me hungry. Well, if you guys are in the neighborhood, you'll have to pop by at some point and say hi. We're in O'Brien. That can't be that far. O'Brien's about uh, 30, 45 minutes north of us, I think. That's, that's, a, what, that's what I would guess. If I was yeah. to guess, how, that's what I would guess. It's a, it's a tiny little oh, mountain town. Yeah. That's cool up there, though. The scenery is fucking great. Probably not near as good as in Canada. I've never been there, but I've seen some pictures, and it looks amazing up there. Oh yeah, it's just north of Lake Shasta. So yeah, tell That's us right. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Tell us about the uh, the trip you guys have coming up, and what you guys plan on doing with that. Well, we've never been there, so it's always a little a little bit of a wild card. But it looks like we've got everything lined up. We've done enough of these things that I think will be okay. We've dealt with the Airbnb host before on a different property and they're easy to deal with. So um, it seems like any anytime you're that close to a city like Reading, the food's sort of easy to figure out too. So it's really, I'm looking forward to it. It's mostly going to be a lot of time hanging out at the property. Uh, so we don't uh, the logistics of like when we do a Randall event, it's a lot of bands here, bands there. You're gone every day at nine in the morning to go here or there. 
And even the Utah event we have is pretty go. You know, we have one day where you don't have to go, but it's like a flex day where there's side-by-sides, people cruising around on side-by-sides or going to, back to Zion National Park. Because Zion's huge. Bryce, you can sort of see in a day. I mean, some people say I'm crazy to say you could see that in a day. There's probably a bunch of different hikes, but I mean, there's only so much of Bryce you can see, in my opinion. <laughs> the, the, the highlight of Bryce is the night sky. You can kind of see the overview. You see the spires and everything, but Zion's a different animal. There's a bunch of great hikes at Zion, the West Rim, and Graham, I think you did the Narrows last time? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we haven't done Angels yet, but Zion's an amazing place, so you know, we're kind of get up and go every day there, but this one in February in 11 days or whatever, here's one where we get to just go and we show up and we spend, you know, out of the three and a half days that we're there, two of them were just hanging around the lodge for the most part. Um, and then we'll have one day where we're out doing a couple hikes at Shasta. We might end up going out two days. We'll see what the weather's like, but it's definitely a lot more like orientated around the property. We've got a great ranch, uh, rented out up there in O'Brien with some great sort of common spaces and what we did in there would be watching Joe and Owen do their thing. Joe's uh, the magician and Owen's sort of a goal, a goal setting sort of Napoleon Hill manifestation sort of guy. And Brad and Powell will be there. We'll be doing all the Wim Hof stuff. So we'll be doing some ice bass. There will be ice water. We'll be bass. It looks like it's going to be nice and cold outside. So we're, we're hoping we might even be able to find like some water close by like you, you mentioned Lake Shasta I think that's only like five minutes away from where we are so yeah if we could find a nice place to pull in it's probably cool as fuck right now oh yeah but the, the lake at least is full now we were just talking about that earlier uh we finally got rain this year because we've been in such a weird probably manufactured drought but yeah we finally got enough rain where all the lakes are filling back up and everything looks nice snow-capped mountains but you said it's going to be nice and cold out here. Uh, probably going to feel a bit warmer than it is where you guys are, I'm assuming. What is it right now? Well, that's good. I'm hoping it's going to be warmer because I was looking at the weather and I was like, because we had offered camping for this thing and there was really not a lot of interest in it because it was quite a bit colder than we expected. Yeah. But I think we'll switch it to the summer next time or at least into the spring so the cabin's more. But we, we're about sold out on, I think there's only one spot left in the house. So that stuff all went quick. It's just like, you Americans don't like camping in the cold. No, it sucks. We hate cold, especially in California, dude. It's it's 115 here during the winter. Uh, that's Fahrenheit. I don't know what the fuck that is Celsius. You guys figure that out. But it's uh, it gets it's like desert up here. So it gets raging hot in the summer and then crazy cold. Well, not crazy. Crazy cold to me when it's 30 degrees outside. That's fucking cold. If you guys are, if you guys are going to be up in Mount Shasta, though, and you guys, because you were mentioned in food, uh, if you guys like Indian cuisine, there's a great hole-in-the-wall place up there, basically a hollowed-out house that they turn into a restaurant that's fucking delicious. Yeah, let us know the name. We're definitely going up to Shasta one day. We're going to spend a day touring around up there. So, around, I mean, it was hovering around, like, high 30s mid 40s for a while but we just dumped back down to like probably minus 10 fahrenheit minus 8 minus 10 fahrenheit for a few days oh yeah i won't oh, go that one here ring here compared to that you guys will have to check out is it the headwaters of the sacramento river that's in mount shasta? yeah mount shasta spring yeah right, you can go to where the sacramento river starts and there's always a ton of people up there that are just playing weird instruments and <laughs> Mount Shasta built around, but they're really cool. Is very interesting. Very, yeah. I mean, there's a, a jewel, like a gem shop, or 
There are like a hundred crystal shops. Every fucking you want those. There's weird people walking around yelling at the sky and shit. It's a good time. A lot of a lot of people will bring up their uh, those big blue water water gallons and other things to contain water, and they'll get it right out of the spring head uh, up there. It's kind of a, a known thing. I don't think anybody pees in it. Um, just but put their feet in it. Just you know, put their feet after where it comes out. Uh, it's but still it's, probably it's better water than your tap, though. I mean, even with people's feet in there and shit, it's probably better than turning your sink on. Yeah, we just visited up there about a year ago. It was pretty cool. So yeah, yeah uh, everybody can find information about that. I, you said there's only one spot left, though. It's contact- there's a bunch of cabin. There's a bunch of camping spots. Bring your yeah, camp. people on a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's only it's four or five cabin, campers. Uh, contact at the cabin.com. Okay, I will put that in the show notes. So yeah, if anybody's interested, uh, you know where to go. So what have you guys been, I mean, enough about the uh, weather and everything. I'm sure that's why people tune in is to hear about our weather. But uh, what have you guys been, uh, what's been captivating your minds lately as far as what's going on in the world? You know, besides COVID apparently being kind of over, but it's not. And then it just kind of keeps going. And now there's new variants and vaccines and died suddenly and all that other shit. So what what have you guys been really kind of focusing on lately? You go ahead, Graham. Oh, dude, I don't know. I mean, like. I guess, I mean, the, the fascinating thing is this Randall Carlson thing, right? With this Malcolm Bendel's uh, technology based on sort of ancient wisdom and sacred geometry. So he's been sort of asking for Randall's help on on bringing this to the world, right? This is a basically like a contraption that's going to uh, enable your car to run on water after you start it up using gas and it warms up to uh, 300 degrees, I think, or 450 or something like that. And nice. then it, it clicks... It clicks over to basically just perpetually generating this energy. Um, and it's just a fascinating Genesis story because the guy's like really obsessed with Randall's work. And Randall's work is, you know, a sacred geometry based on the ancient wisdom and stuff like that. And and the way this whole thing, there's a real spiritual component to this this thing, which is great. And Randall was on, well, it was on Rogan recently um, and the episode hasn't come out yet, right? So I think it's kind of, I don't know. We're, we'll see what's what's going to happen. But, um, you know, shortly after he talked to Randall, he teased it on Randall, uh, on Rogan last time. I mean, the you know, the U.S. government came out and said, oh, we've, well, you know, our technology with all these lasers has finally sort of made hydrogen over unity energy through, through hydrogen and all this bullshit. So I think it's creating a bit of a stir, you know, there's a, there should be a need for this now or an acceptance in the world now for something, you know, better than what we're, what we're using by so, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think by running on it, it's still a bit of a danger. By running on water, do you mean that they're using water as the fuel source or is it like a steam powered thing? No, it's, it is using water as a fuel source. It's not, re, it's not doing like St- Stanley Myers water car back in the nineties. That was actually using up water. This is and it's spilling water vapor too, right now. Water vapor, yeah. which is a huge problem. Why? Well, because water vapor is the number one greenhouse gas. Oh, I mean, yeah. people talk about carbon and all like that, but I, I think imagine. it's something like four hundred percent or four thousand percent. It's a crazy number of how much more of a, like a water vapor molecule holds compared to a carbon molecule holds way more heat, which is why when the world becomes more humid planet becomes more tropical and blah 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 like imagine if five billion cars were created yeah, yeah, water just, vapor 
but it might not be a big deal either because you know like the oceans are steaming off all the time and maybe it's not a big deal i don't know but it could just like seems like it'd be worse than it could possibly be worse than carbon i don't know i'm not a scientist believe it or not so <laughs> this car is it not quite i'm not qualified to, to talk to talk about this technically either but this one recycles the water so it it's um it creates this mini thunderstorm basically like rotating cold air and hot air together in this in this sacred geometrical stainless steel um nest these nested cylinders and it basically creates this plasmoid and then it and then it can goes up to like 120 microns and then it collapses back down back into water so it generates this energy but it keeps recycle it keeps turning back into water again that's, that's enough to keep your car running yeah. that sounds like something that would get a get a person killed which seems well that's the issue right now right there that's i think that's the problem but why this isn't is it being released i mean i think some maybe either randall's team has to sort of review the content from a technical aspect or maybe they have to put some stuff in place to um, protect themselves before it gets released if 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 it does get released i think they might be talking about it live on cosmographia tomorrow i'm not i'm not 100 sure if it's going to go on but they do want to talk about it live but i mean that's so that's a pretty big it's a pretty big big issue you know well it seems like a, a great time for this kind of thing to come out where i mean you know the great reset's coming right what do they have planned for that is it just uh a reset of the economic system or a total overhaul because it seems like uh i mean you know conspiracy minded the government or whoever has had th- these kind of technologies for a long time so they just had to wait for a time to roll it out and i don't know if that's now it seems kind of like you see more and more of that stuff all the time with the the water engines and people coming out with these crazy you know innovations for cars and all that but it when until it's released in the mainstream then it doesn't really matter because i don't know how the fuck to do that like i don't know how to plug my hose into my car and make it run it's the same with free energy devices too it takes away the government's control so they're never going to want people to have that unless they can form a control structure beforehand and then release find a way to tax it yeah yeah, I agree. That's the risk, and that's why I think they came out and talked about their their um their huge lab, you know, billions of dollars into these huge, massive lasers that are you know shooting lasers at each other to create some kind of weird. Pew, pew. Yeah, I think it's probably too late for free energy. Anyway, honestly, Darren's Darren's in the slow collapse mode. I was gonna well, say black pill Darren over here. I'm not black. I don't know. Oh no! I I mean I think I'm 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 more wired for the post-apocalyptic world. I think. Yeah. The whole thing sort of excites me. <laughs> um, you know, I'm only like three generations removed from living in the woods, so maybe four. You know, but definitely two hundred years ago, my ancestors were just living in the woods up in this motherfucker. So I could get back into it. I mean, planning raids and shit sounds better than. I mean, I don't hate my life, though. I do enjoy my job and my all of it, but, you know, that sounds funner. It sounds still sounds funner than what I'm doing now. And I don't hate what I'm doing now. I would agree. But, like, uh, it, it does look glamorized on movies, like the Mad Max-type scenario, but I, I always told Jen, I'm like, wouldn't it be great if our only stress and worry was surviving? That would be a stress in itself, but, like, to, to that... Be after a decade. Be- I mean, the first 10 years are going to be fucked because you're going to be dealing with so many other people. You guys just take out one by one. Just wait for him to yeah. die out, and it's yeah. fine. But that yeah, sounds like way more fun. Different because we're way less armed, so it's a little easier to like get to the pilot top of the heap. 
But I'm a firm believer the Great Reset has been coming for a long time. I mean, I don't know if we we're going to call it the Great Reset, what we we're going to call it, the slow collapse, grandma wants to call it, whatever you want to call it, it's been coming. It's been coming for, you know, decades, probably since the West hasn't been creating enough kids to sustain itself for a long time. I don't know what what sectors you guys are in, if you have day jobs or what's going on, but I'm like, in my sector, construction, high-end commercial construction, it's like it's falling apart and it's been falling apart for 10 years and it's been, you could see it getting worse and it's going to get worse and worse and worse because no, there's a little bit of an influx now and these kids are getting back into technical trades and stuff like that. But for a long time, there was none of it. So I've been watching this, the industry slowly fall apart for years and since COVID, COVID pushed a ton of people out. So like yeah. all of a sudden the 55 and up walked and we lost at least five or 10 years that we kind of hung on. I think if we, we could have kept 10 more years of those guys around, it would have helped and perpetuated the thing, but it was still going to collapse because there's no 25 or 30 year olds in it right now. There's not, there's like next to fucking nut. I don't know who's going to do it. Immigrants. It seems to be the plan. And we probably need them, unfortunately, because no one else seems to want to do it. I've I've had ads up for a year almost, and I get, it's impossible to hire guys. Like, I'm hiring guys for welding positions out of Wendy's kitchens right now. <laughs> and it's like, hopefully it'll show up for a little while. And the thing is, it's it's not just my sector, because it's like, I'm talking to people in every sector. And it's like, yeah, the same thing out on the fucking farm, and the same thing. Healthcare. Healthcare. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing for the lawyers. It's the same thing fucking everywhere. There's just not only, and, and it's hitting the trades harder because we went through a giant era where nobody wanted their kid to be a welder or an electrician or that was kind of, you know, we were above that. For a Those lonely blue collar workers. Yeah. People still wanted work, to yeah. be nurses and doctors and stuff like that. So when you can't find nurses and doctors and lawyers, the low end shit is fucked already. And we just, we're just noticing it now, but it's, there's just not enough kids. There's yeah, just, you, like, we're running out of kids. And at the same time, we've got more old people than ever to take care of. I mean, I, so I think the collapse of the West has always been inevitable. I think we're like a thousand pages below, before the start of Atlas Shrugged. Probably we peaked like, it depends on what industry you're looking at, but construction probably peaked in around 2000 in the West. I would say like, 2000 in the first decade of the 2000 was sort of the peak of what we we're going to do out of construction. And obviously that's not comparing it to the cathedrals and shit they were making back in the day because everything right. we make today looks like shit compared to that. But like, you can already see it. Shit's falling apart. Like there's three high rises in Calgary right now that are under major lawsuits because they're just built wrong. We seen two years ago in New Orleans, a tower fell over for the first time in my lifetime. Maybe in recorded history while they're building it, the bucket thing just sort of fell over. And um, so I think it's just been, it's been collapsing for a while. And what we're about to see is the shipping, the just in time shipping. I think that's the thing that we all sort of take for granted that no place can even make their own pens and shit anymore. We can't even make pens in Calgary. We'd have to order parts from like four different countries to do that. And that's fucking everything. And so I figure as soon as one of these super tankers gets sunk in whatever it is, some sort of war or, I mean, part of the problem is that China's way closer to this collapse than everyone else because of their one child policies and all that sort of stuff. So they're like whole demographics are going to fall off a fucking cliff. And it's 
Japan to be shut what I hear. Yeah, but Japan's got, seems to have like what Japan does that China doesn't is they kind of have the opposite approach. So what, what Japan started doing is they started like developing brands, like their cars and stuff like that. And since they don't have the, because Japan's one of the oldest countries in the world. So they've had, the, they're sort of out in front of this problem. So what they started doing is setting up their shit in America, in Canada, in Europe, and building their cars there or building their gadgets and their gizmos, whatever the Japanese are building, you know, like Panasonic, all that stuff's getting built in those other countries by those other countries' people already. So they're right. still able to bring a lot of money home in that regard. That way, if their local economy starts to collapse, they still have outsourced revenue that can come in and sustain it at least a little bit. It. Exactly. Whereas China has taken the complete opposite approach. Yeah. And they're required, they're sort of relying on their population to use everybody else's design shit, try and steal it as best they can, but they don't seem to be real good at that either. Well, there was a really good explanation of that recently on another Joe Rogan uh, podcast where he was talking about uh, this collapse and he said, you're going to see it hard within 10 years maximum. And that all depends on how well they take it in the next two to three years as to whether it'll even last 10 years. The idea that their population, much like on a grander scheme, the world's population has hit this massive peak. Everybody has been fighting for overpopulation. And so what did everybody do? They started all at the same time, siphoning back the amount of kids that they had. And then when the older generation starts to die off with all the knowledge of what built our society, that doesn't end up getting passed down. And on top of that, then your actual manpower workforce has been cut sometimes all the way down to 25% of what people were, you know, pumping out kids 40, 50 years ago. And so at some point, it's going to end up being you have all of these resources with a younger group with nobody to teach them and a smaller group. It's just going to end up collapsing hardcore in China. Like you said, has gone the opposite direction of it. They have cut off the rest of the world trying to be self-sustainable. But what that's going to do is eventually just implode because they won't literally have the manpower or the ability to teach those younger generations at a dwindling number to supply their own infrastructure. And then they're going to start calling in favors. And that's that's where things are going to get scary because if they end up calling in favors and calling in debts, what what's their bargaining chip for refusal? If people say, yeah, we're not doing that. Sorry about your luck. Uh, we're not going to just break our thing and start pumping out whatever debt we owed you or whatever favors we owed you, they don't have any bargaining chips left to really force that. They can try, they can flex, but it's not really sustainable either way you look at it. They All of their chips are, are slowly being taken off the table by themselves, where in a couple of years, they're not going to have anything left to really do. And no matter how you play that out, just like when you get to that point, there's not 23 super tankers a day coming loaded with shit to the West or to, to help us build everything that we actually do build at home and all the shit we're ordering on Amazon. But right. you can see how everything starts to fall apart just right there. We're getting so much shit from China and internationally that once this little deal that we've had in place since the end of World War II not to fuck with anything starts to fall apart and it's already start, started to fall apart, we're about to see another couple countries fall into that Ukraine thing and then 
once global shipping starts not being a viable option because it's not safe or secure, because I mean, the other thing is that you're heading in a direction where the U.S. doesn't seem like it's got the wherewithal or even the capacity to be the world's police chief anymore. Oh yeah, no, see not under. And that's what's but... protecting all the shipping. Once you take all those U.S. ships out of those pirate-infested oceans and everything else, it's just I can. There's a, there's a, it doesn't have, you know, there's just a million different ways I can see the shipping breakdown. And don't forget, there's going to be a percentage of healthy people that are not, that are going to be leaving us. I mean, the, the mm -hmm. uh, excess mortality is not getting any better, it seems. So the Western world is going to be, you know, even if you just lose a half a percent or 1% or 5% of your young, healthy sort of workforce. That's a lot in any industry. That's a lot to lose that, that percentage, even a small percentage of your, you know, your em employable people or your expertise. Well, especially, especially like when you said that one to 5% are the people that actually know what they're doing. So the effect that that 1% has on a company or on a region is far greater than just the population of 1% because that experience goes away which means that the lineage goes away. And again, very quickly, it falls off of a cliff because it's not sustainable. It was probably always falling off a cliff. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, it was just, we probably had a little more time and it would have been a little more drawn out, but it's like, right. Between COVID killing people, which it probably did. And the shots killing a bunch of people, which we're on, we're not on YouTube, right? That, it doesn't matter. Between the shots doing what the shots are doing and the push not to have kids and that it's all, it's fucked. It's fucked. Yeah, like, I think it was always fucked. It was always going to run out of steam, but we had a little bit of time. But COVID pushed so many people out of all the industries. You had old people dying mm -hmm. and old people just straight up say quitting. Yeah, like in construction, especially. I mean, in Alberta, we have a high amount of people that lean right, and which seems to coalesce with people that didn't want to take their jizzity jabs. Yeah, and, and they those people happen to be the people that that had got into these businesses and companies at such a time back when you would get like share options and you know that kind of stuff. These guys that are like fifty five and sixty, the boomers were sort of living the dream. Oh, yeah. Employment standpoint in a lot of ways. Now, I, I and, work in uh, shipping. and So they were able to just walk way. away. I know a bunch of people that were just like, fuck it, man. They want to push shots or this. I got to wear a mask all day. You know, fuck it. I'll stay home. Or they stayed home and worked from home for two years or a year. And then it was like, okay, man, time to come back. And they're like, eee. <laughs> I mean, grab. <laughs> I was like, this yeah, I'm in the same boat too. I do the same thing. I started working from home during COVID and then now they're like, come back to the office. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm well, maybe one day a week. Yeah, I don't really want to, but I do sometimes, but I get the option. No, like, I get it though. What Darren was saying with uh, not knowing like different sectors of people, it is seems to be sector wide because I work in it's everything. That's the thing is like, and then it turned out to be that I talked to people in trucking and they're fucked. And I talked to people in healthcare oh, yeah. and they're fucked. Right. And then I go to Canadian tire and buy, try and buy something and, and they're fucked. I mean, it was a year ago. They barely knew what they were doing. I stopped buying ammo at Canadian tire because they couldn't figure out how to open the fucking cabinet half the time. <laughs> and now it's just, there's only three people in the whole store. So they're running around like fucking crazy. So it's just the exodus from the workforce. I think is, and people are like, where are the people, where are the people, where are the people? Well, part of that is 
that they're dying for some weird reason. And another part of that is not that just less day. of them. Every fucking five years, there's less 20-year-olds. There's just less and less and less. And I think actually for the first time, there's going to be a bit of a boost in that. But the problem is that that boost looks like they're going to have less kids than ever. So it's not going to be, it's not going to do what it should do. What I think the West should be doing right now, instead of immigrating, I mean, we, I mean, we need to immigrate people too. That's the problem is like we're out where I'm my position right now is if we don't start to be able to find more people soon, it's like we can't take on any more work. And I think that's what's starting to happen across the board too. So I think at the very least, the growth is over. So, and the whole Western world right now has sort of been built on this perpetual growth sort of thing, and it seems like that's over. We just don't have the people or the, I don't know. Nobody good with this shit anymore either. Sorry, Green, but... No, no. The good news is, if you're a hard worker or a good manager, you you know, there's probably tons of opportunity. In oh, it's great. I mean, for those who want to go after it, it's probably no better time. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like I was saying, nobody gives a shit anymore. Like even at my job, n- nobody there. Even the ones that show up all the time, they just don't give a fuck anymore. They're like, they don't care about customer service or anything. And it seems like it's that way everywhere. Every every store you go to, everyone's just kind of like, fuck it, whatever. I don't know if that's because of the last couple of years or if people have finally, you know, started opening their eyes to how fucked the whole system is, but the uh, everything is kind of coalescing into one thing. And whether you want to call that Agenda 2030 or the Great Reset or whatever, it does seem to all be coming to a head right now. Um, when you're talking about, like, how many less people are being born every day, uh, that's, it could be a combination of a lot of things. The the chemicals in our food, the sky take your pick right and there's also and i don't know if this is the cause of it but the testosterone's at like a 50 year low or some shit i could be wrong on that but testosterone that way the fuck down and all you have i mean a lot of those costs too right like i don't really know anyone who has more than two or three kids now that's the whole thing is that you look back at when it's not none of it is one variable alone if that was the case I think there would have been an uprising against that. No, it's been a slow degradation with multiple fucking spaghetti noodles slowly getting its way until once it hits a certain point, it's almost irreversible. The microplastics that have caused um, sterilization, men now on average, which at the time that they're basing this off of is all the way back to around the World War II era. You're talking about half the population with twice the amount of Uh, non-sterilization and uh, sperm count potency we are now the exact opposite we have twice the amount of population if you can believe the consensus for global population but the problem is we're over 50 percent more sterile so you're having more people at this plateau when people talk about you know the 90s was such like probably one of the best times to live we were coming out of the cold war technology was at a low Everybody was getting along, but it was still personal. There wasn't social media and all this stuff, the age of information. It kind of plateaued on both a population, a workforce, and a mentality for society in that point. And it has slowly, and not so slowly, I think it was a slow degradation at the beginning, but now it's just falling off of a fucking cliff. Um, with With the depopulation argument, it's kind of one of those things where whether or not you agree that it's going to happen when the numbers start to fall like if you if you've ever gone on google and you watched the population counter and you see it go like this like constantly because people are dying and babies are being born the population is still at an increase 
according to, and this is all just people that are actually on the record. Don't forget people in Alaska and a bunch of other places where nobody knows they exist. They live and die in those communities, much like the old West. Uh, but it's starting to slow that tick of up and down, up and down in an upward climb is starting to slow. And I think that we hit a plateau because now you're talking about, uh, you know, you mentioned back to World War II. It's one of those, uh, there's a saying, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, and then the cycle goes on, hard times create strong men. During that World War II-ish era coming out of uh, the Great Depression and even after World War One and everything that happened up until roughly about the 60s, uh, it was physically very, very hard. It was hard to maintain a life. You didn't have the medical advancements, but you also didn't have all the poisons in our foods, plastics, and everything else. Uh, so, for instance, having children was much more difficult, but people had more of them because it was more difficult. It was well, like, and now it's so like, fucking expensive to have kids. That's another reason. Exactly. It, it, like, just the act of giving birth is so fucking expensive unless you do it you know, a natural way in your bathtub at home or whatever, but just, just having kids is so expensive and with inflation and everything else, it doesn't make financial sense for most people to have a kid, let alone five of them. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. And my, my point with that was, is that we hit a plateau in the nineties where now we're just making a bunch of self-entitled pussies where they are enjoying life. People 25 and under that they're, only their only focus is getting famous on YouTube, getting likes on Instagram, getting getting Bitcoin and things that are not sustainable, especially even just tangible, much well, less sustainable on a point of view. Intelligent children, too, aren't oh, yeah. doing the jobs that they could do because they're watching the way that the world works. My daughter used to right. want to go into healthcare. She wanted to be a doctor. And then after watching things kind of fall apart and seeing the government overreach, she was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. That doesn't sound that fun. People that's don't have dreams it. anymore, you know? Well, most that's of the kids now are... Yeah, most of the kids nowadays are just watching other people live life on YouTube. It's crazy to me. I brought this up several times, but the, the, the number of channels on YouTube where it's somebody playing video games. It's like, you're using your TV to watch somebody play a game. You have that game right now. You could actually just play it yourself or... And that's just in the digital, like that's not, you know, counting, go outside and fucking toss the basketball around or whatever. But yeah. Or people that are, people that are watching other people react to a video that you haven't seen yet. I don't get that. Where, I don't understand those at all. When there's a video. I, I, like, I like the, I like the reaction videos. Because <laughs> when you're watching people react to like Metallica. Oh, Nostro Puppet said people that haven't listened to like 80s music. And they hear how they're like some of it is. They're like, "What the fuck is this?" I mean, yeah, that's those, better. I, those better. I thought you meant like a reaction video, like of like someone watching other videos on Instagram. No, just like that was it? Oh my god, that's what I was talking. About. Yeah. So what you're talking about actually sounds funny because that's a genuine right. reaction. The reaction videos that we were talking about are the ones where they've seen it a million times. And the they people... plan out their reaction Exactly. To it. It's, it's like... very staged. It's and not genuine. pointing to, to words on the screen like this, not even saying anything, just pointing. Oh, I hate them. Dude. Every time I open Instagram now, I'm that like, gets... why did I do this? Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hang on. We have a drop for that. The uh, yeah. uh, Speaking of faggots, we got banned from Twitter. Really? Oh, did you? That's just recently. Yeah. Up in a week. All right, Elon. 
Ooh. Or by it's Elon's singing. algorithms, or I don't know. It seems like the plot is thickening. It seems yeah, like the, the plot's thickening. It's a, it's, it's a mess, dude. I seems like, in my chance. opinion, it's to muddy the waters because people are catching on too quickly that Elon might not be on our side. Sure. Uh, they got to try and, whoa, 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 no, 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 it's not his fault. It's just too many algos. Right, <laughs> controlled opposition and to bring in the other side, and then bam. Well, I don't but think regardless, we were banned and our appeal was denied because we engage in group harassment. Oh, of course. Group harassment. Did, what? Who did, did you, you harass? You What's it? I'm a, you just play that card. Yeah, play that card. I know, right? This is. It. I tried. I tried with Kindle too, and they just told me go fuck my Indian app. <laughs> go get but back on the res. Yeah. Go open a casino, you fucking Indian. Fuck off. Yeah, that's what they do. They were just like, we're done talking about this. Don't email us again. That's so <laughs> stupid, dude. Uh, I don't get the Elon Musk thing either. There's so many people that, I mean, the left hates him, obviously, because he let Trump back on Twitter. So automatically, MAGA guy. <clears throat> All right. But uh, I don't understand the Musk thing because he doesn't seem like that much of a genius to me. He just seems like he's a businessman that pays everybody to be a genius for him. So that's, I mean, okay. you have At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Business smarts, that's cool. I... There's a lot of people like that. Trump's a businessman. Not as good a one, I don't think. So did he write the PayPal code? Well, right. Exactly. That thing. I mean, every company Elon does is in bed with the government. So it's... SpaceX, like like Boring what, Company. Maybe what a CIA guy would have, how it would work with him. You know, I don't know. The FBI involvement with uh, clearing out caches and documents and stuff like that prior to watching the storm coming and the takeover. It's like... Part of it is just there's no way in any of these situations, including the whole finding classified documents at multiple places with Biden and then finding out that lawyers came in ahead of time to sift through the documents to figure out which ones wouldn't be an issue if he left. It's like nobody didn't see that coming prior to the didn't see it coming. There's no way that every they knew they were there land before the fucking act of oh biden had lawyers in there to look at it before they found them it's like well hold on a second if you knew that lawyers were in there before they got found then you had already found them so it's all ass theater ridiculous it's fucking stupid yeah it's all it's all i do want to ask you guys what you think about crypto because this is a pretty hot and shows i listen to the shows i love that will go one way or the other way that some a uh, good friend that thinks Bitcoin, not crypto, but Bitcoin specifically, is the answer to like every financial problem. I don't see that at all. 
because it still, to me, is worthless and you still buy it with dollars. I've never had anybody explain to me how it's better than money when you're buying it with dollars. Could be way off. Then there's other people that think crypto is like the uh, beast system. What do you guys think about crypto in general and maybe Bit Bitcoin specifically? I don't know enough about that shit to know. I mean, it seems fine. I don't have a problem with it. I don't think it's going to be the way things are heading in my in my world. I don't. Bitcoin is not going to be useful to me. It's just not. It's because I don't think like oof, the chances that someone else is going to be able to interact with that and that or that they're going to want that. I mean, I but I don't have gold or silver either because I don't think that shit's going to be is of any use in the world that's coming up either. Ammo. You need ammo. Ammo yeah. and stuff. You need, there's a bunch of stuff you need. You have some chickens. I'm going to pick up some chickens after this show, actually. Two more chickens to, because yeah. mine are starting to get a little older. I got to flock in some young ones, a couple of six month olds. I'm going to pick out to flock in with my minor, I think a little over three now. So they're getting to that point where in the winter, especially, they're really not laying. Yeah. Eggs. In summer, they're still in. You could pay for a hooker with eggs right now. Well, hey, you want it on here? I don't think there's a problem. We don't have a problem no. here. Yeah. Uh, Eggs are fine. But I'm going to get more. The problem is you, I got to take the roosters with them. And I don't want a rooster. I'm in town and I'm not. I'm I'm looking for a farm now, but I'm not looking to start having annoying. chicks and shit oh like God. that. So I'm just going to bring them home and kill them right away. And, uh, uh, yeah, this idea that roosters crow when the sun comes up is bullshit. They're still loud, though. Mino with Jen, I saw your face, meaning they do it a hell of a lot more than... Yeah, yeah. we had a rooster. We had two chicks that we got, and one turned into a rooster. And by the time we figured it out, so did animal control, and they came and almost gave us a big old fine for having a rooster in city limits. I didn't like, know I we no weren't idea. allowed. But it crowed every seven minutes for five hours, starting at 5 a.m. And then it started again at 5 p.m. and crowed until the evening every seven or eight minutes. All the time. And it stresses out the chickens, too. I mean, it's, it's just kicking the shit out of the chickens all the time. Oh, yeah. They rape them, too. I they can't just, yeah, them. I just can't throw the kids in the pen now because the chicken, I mean, that rooster's going to fuck them up. Yeah. I mean, maybe not, but it's going to try to. It's always, you know, they're aggressive. So I'm just going to take them right home. I'm not telling this to the people, but it's the second we get home. Oh, I thought you were going to say telling this to the chickens. Are getting their heads cut the fuck off. <laughs> and I'm going to eat one of them for dinner. Well, let's yeah. just send it out in the wild. Let it out in the wild or something. Would you rather them die a slow, painful death? Yeah, was, so this is the thing with these these guys. I mean, he's the same with deer, right? Deer, the, most deer, the hunting is the best possible outcome for a deer or an elk. Or, oh, yes. The, other, the opposite is they get too old to make it through the winter and they slowly freeze or starve to death. Or they get taken down by predators, which is a much. None of these deer are like just like oh, what? lie down in a nice grove. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Actually, I never thought about that. Way. When I take an animal, it's the best possible outcome. Not, I mean, maybe not it's the best outcome. It could have a better life. It could have you know a couple years, but that part of its life, that death scenario for that animal. Roosters are meant to be eaten, though. Even I mean, if it's that's a good. bad shot, it's still better than what the alternative's going to be to that animal. So oh. the old indigenous communities, like, watching and, and picking off the older ones that were just about to to die that had a full life, or was there any kind uh, of... So I think you'd give, like, you? maybe sometimes, but I think you, maybe in the summer and stuff, but I think you'd give a little more... You just Like, I think life was a little harder most of the time than... 
Let me think. You take what you can fucking get. Yeah, you're hunting. You're hunting with sharpened sticks. Off, maybe a horse if you're lucky. Well, bullets and arrows too. I mean, they've had it. They've had. So when you find the herd or you're on the herd, you should. You're probably taking what you can get. You're trying to feed 40, 50, 60 people. You don't. Have... Maybe it's it might automatically be. It might automatically be the slower one. Like the herd might might automatically put the old one in the back, right? No, or they and it might end up doing that naturally. Most likely, all you cared about was that it was a boy. Yeah. Because um, that doesn't, if you shoot a male animal, it doesn't affect the population numbers for the next year because all the does are going to get knocked out by some motherfucker anyway. Oh, yeah. Because of the way their hierarchy system works. It's only a couple of deer are fucking, you know, the percentage of males that are having sex with females is very low. But all the females are getting fucked. It just happens to be by a very low, you know, 10 or 20, you know, probably less than 20% of the males. I'm just making up numbers, but why not? I wonder what the rape culture is with deer. Like, do the the deers always consent or they just consent? As near as I can tell, all other animals except for humans are pretty rape culture. Oh, yeah. Like we were talking about with chickens. It seems pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cats... Cats will make their make the female their bitch. They'll like bite them on the neck and fucking like you will not get away. This is happening. Same with dogs. That's how we got our dog. Yeah, our dog's mom was raped, and that's how we got our puppy. Cat dicks are fucking and gross. seems like even with the primates and stuff, they're like, oh no, it's all consensual. It's like no, it just seems like you know it's better than the alternative. Just like okay, well if I just give this motherfucker some pussy, he just calmed the fuck down, <laughs> drained his balls. So when you hunt, why do you do you do a classic like uh, from what I've heard native like tradition type of thing where you like thank the animal or you know like oh yeah I think everyone does that I don't I don't think that's a a native thing I think that everyone I hunt with does that everyone where they all but you think that's pretty ubiquitous has has reverence for the whole yeah I think almost all hunters have reverence for their kills I don't think most take a bite out of one of the organs. Sometimes I'll kiss the heart, but I usually want to take a bite out of it. Yeah. Depends how shot it is. I, I shoot I, for the heart, so. Well, yeah, I was going to say that's normal, especially when you're talking about uh, deer or antelope or buck or, or uh, elk and stuff like that. You usually try to go for the heart. Um, I had heard, and I don't remember what organ it is. I don't know if it was the heart or not, that... Uh, it is a Native American tradition that to take a bite of one is you're imbuing the spirit of the animal into yourself after you thank it or something like that. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know either, but it's a nice story. <laughs> I could see it. It's probably yeah, just, just fucking Hollywood. I've definitely eaten a lot of hearts, just not like raw. Raw? <laughs> yeah. There's you can eat that shit thing. raw, though. You can eat, unlike beef and, and a pinch. pork, you could just eat that shit raw. It's cool oh. enough. Wow. I mean, in a pinch, if you're hungry enough, uh, I'm telling you right now, the dog party it, ate humans. Like, if you're it, hungry enough. I don't think it has the same, like, uh, nutritional value, though, if you're eating it raw, right? How can it? I was the opposite. No, no, no. It's probably better for you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm thinking it's better for you because you're not cooking out the good and bad nutrients. Yeah, you have a higher chance of, you know, possibly getting a parasite or something like that because it isn't cooked. But I thought. I thought there was something about that they thought like cooking our food might have been one of the things that helped us get smarter. I think some people be I remember hearing about that, but I think I it's could be making that up. I make shit up from all the time. Yeah, me too. I thought that was no. I think it's 
I think it was more like it kept people from dying so much from eating raw shit that had worms and diseases and shit in it. <laughs> Brain-eating amoebas. From what I remember. I make shit up. Too, so. yeah. The way I see it, I'd rather be, you know, an elk or a moose. Well, not a moose so much. An elk is good. Deer, even an antelope to a lesser extent. Antelope? Then, yeah. like, if you are what you eat, I'd rather be any of those things than a pig or a cow. Yes. Oh, yeah, a pig's life. I mean, there's so there's some animals simple, but they fucking love it. There's some animals that you just look at them and you're like, they were meant for food. Thank you, God, for this food <laughs> animal because they're useless. Pigs are smart. I shot a pig a couple months ago, and that fucking thing knew I was there to kill it. Did it stop and kneel down? Or? Did it look at you kind of weird? Came out oh, you're Trump's and stranger. And, and he's like, that thing just eats like a motherfucker. Right, the gun out already, right? And as soon as he seen me standing there with that gun, he started eating. And he was like, fuck that. And he went to go around and back into his pen. And I had to go around and get out. Of the Boom. Fuck, I take him down. It would have been too much for the A-Grap. But it would have been too much. Dude. It's a good thing you chose to sit that one out. Yeah, watch out, Pete. Do we... We had a, a kid's field trip back when my kid was like six, and it was to the ag center, and the, they had these pigs out there that they raised for probably for food, whatever, and they're all, you know, all the, the six-year-old kids gathering around this pig pen, and this pig had the fucking biggest balls I've ever seen on anything. <laughs> it, they were like two grapefruits, and he was humping the fuck out of his pen, and all the kids are just like, duh. And the wow. lady comes up, she's like, oh, this is his um, release day. And, of course, the kids don't know what the fuck that means. And they're like, yeah, we usually jerk him off, basically, on Wednesdays. And uh, since the kids came <laughs> out, you're fat, job. So he's humping the fuck out of his pen with these giant ass It wasn't balls. even a pen. It was like a cylinder that was in yeah. the ground. And he was completely standing up straight on it and just going to town on this you, you metal. You really getting it. And it's... Big ass cool. grapefruit balls just slinging back. The kids forth. were like, Mommy, like, we had to herd everybody away and go see the sheep next. They're like, He's just really excited to see you, kids. <laughs> so and somebody's like, Somebody's like, It's natural. It's like, He's fucking a tube. That's not natural. That guy straight up is, is imagining Pornhub right now for pigs. Somebody go pump that thing off. It was pretty awesome, though, because every single teacher and chaperone there was fucking laughing. Nobody was like offended or like, oh, Shield their eyes. They were just dying laughing. And then we moved it's like on. the uh, the video of that uh, Jen. I think it was you that showed it showed us that the video of that fucking turtle. Uh, turtle oh, humping the shoe turtle. in the basketball. <laughs> and then it just shoots its load all over the place. It's like what the fuck turtle load? Like what the fuck? Anyway, I don't know how we got on this. Sorry, yeah. guys. Uh, Graham, what did you think? Animal? Are you more involved in the the crypto world? Because I'm kind of on Darren's page where it's not applicable to me at all. I uh, bought some Bitcoin and some other stuff just to fuck around with it and see what happened and made like a hundred bucks and I've been out ever since. So I I made four grand on Dogecoin by mistake and then I cashed out. (laughs) Never did it again. Well, we had Al from Forum Borealis on Great America a lot a while back and and he had had his mind changed on the whole Bitcoin thing from somebody he was researching or one of his guests that basically says that Bitcoin is the answer and that that's why the government goes so hard against it. So forget all the other cryptos. It's all about the original bitcoin and and that out that decentralized algorithm that that could be i don't even know if that's the right way to to say it but that could be they say the the solution to everything and they have there's a lot of people in europe and in india that that are using it all the time right they're using this as a currency so i think it's getting you know more traction in other areas but then again like if there's some sort of reset uh 
cyber thing. I mean, the, what what happens then, right? I mean, and I don't really see the government pushback on it. I mean, I was just at the the <laughs> gas bus by your place has a fucking Bitcoin bank machine. Yeah, a little ATM thing. I mean, sorry, I shouldn't have said government. I should have said media because it, it, they keep they keep demonizing it. I heard a couple headlines or a couple clips of them completely. Actually, it was uh, I think it was at the WEF. One of those guys was asked about WEF and um, fucking knobs. Yeah, one of the the central bank guys. I can't remember his name. I don't want to get it get it wrong, but it was pretty gross what he said about clothes. Just make it up like Darren does. Just make up a name. This makes it up. Thank for it. Now the uh, Jewy Jewerson, <laughs> Jewy Tiny Hat. Yeah, I I don't get the. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm I'm bar Jewish. Oh, good. And Nadine, you you have all the cards, dude. I can't. It says 1.9 percent on my ancestry.com. I'm a he him straight white male. I have no cards to play at all. So bravo. Uh, I'm pretty sure that 1.9 percent means that you are not supposed to eat pig. And that I'm circumcised. <laughs> Me too, bro. Oh, you fist bump. No, I. So, do you think that the Bitcoin thing, though? If, let's assume for a minute here that Bitcoin wasn't started by the CIA or some nefarious group, and that it actually is decentralized and unhackable, and all these things that the uh, pro Bitcoin people say. Um, what do you think is the actual value of Bitcoin, though? I've I've gone rounds with my friend about this. I'm like, dude. You still buy Bitcoin with dollars, and when you cash out Bitcoin, it's in dollars. I get that it's like yeah, a payment. But, but, saying, people, but people trade back and forth. Like in India, they're they're buying and selling stuff with Bitcoin, right? So it has whatever value you put on it. I mean, if if it's going right. to be used for people in these little uh, local areas, like transact transacting little stuff back and forth, then there's value in that. I mean, but that that's what like, you're saying, though. Uh, it it it's whatever value you put on it. How is that any different from fiat? We all agree a dollar's a dollar. That's the only thing that gives it value. Is because it, well, there's done. ideally there would be no difference to it from fiat. That's the problem. That's what it doesn't have is that mass adoption until we get to that point. I guess in the other problem is is like a finite amount. It's like an actual yeah. thing. It's a part of a big well, part. It's not just made up. Let me ask you guys this too, because we talked about this a couple of shows ago. Um, the idea of the fiat currency finally being just overturned, and when that happens, America, it, the West, regardless of country or continent, uh, the proverbial West is just going to be fucked because of the fiat currency just absolutely taking a shit. Uh, what was the alternate currency, Joe? I think it was was it euros? No way. I think we're going to go back to the American, uh, the, Amer the Amero. I think you're going to see like North America, Canada, and Mexico. I think that we're actually probably going to be probably better off than most places. I've heard that recently about when it comes down, but I don't like a localized think, like, currency. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be global trade on a high enough level anymore to need a global, like, I don't know. They might one world us one way or another, but it's definitely not going to be. I think it's going to be less global in 10 years than it is now on all aspects, whether that's travel, trade, business. That would make, all that would make the dollar shoot the fuck up. But, but, yeah, but only locally. That's like you said. No, it might, but it's also going to take a hit because the only reason the dollar has as much value as it does right now is because it's locked into that whole Petra scheme on the whole globe. I don't think that's going to be a thing anymore. 
because it's I, not going to be a global agreement on anything like that anymore. It's going to be a multipolar. It's going to be a multipolar. Yeah, maybe more sure. than two, maybe three or four poles. Yeah. You know, yeah. where it's like it might it might, it might be worth. And we'll turn lot. Mexico and South America into our new China and carry on and ruin that too because we don't learn our lesson. And <laughs> or the I mean, I see. will just come in at that point. That's what I was going to ask Ben: is if he thinks that that the fiat currency is going down, why not? The CBDC. I was going to bring that up too. Yeah, because it seems like a good transition into that. Well, that's why I was asking the original question was because I don't have a solid answer for that. It's one of those things where people have thrown around a lot of different uh, theories on how it could go. Uh, Darren just brought up another good one is the idea that it, in a lot of ways, locally could be worth a lot more, but on the global scheme, maybe not. And of course, I'm looking at it as through a manufacturing compiled with the dollar. We have local manufacturing in a lot of people, um, I think that should something like that collapse, it would have to revert a lot closer to what we were doing in World War II, where it was steel um, exporting. And it our economy was absolutely at the top because it was exporting to other countries. That would raise the dollar if we did localize it and took it out of the fiat loop um, into being a lot more worth it as, as localized manufacturing. And exporting it over to other countries who are going to have to pay a lot more because it's going to be the best and we would have to do that if our dollar dropped so i i don't know i don't know if if uh and like i said there's a lot of different theories about how that could go i i just don't see with where um the petrol thing is right now i could see it taking a nasty turn what turn that might be i don't know but i could definitely see it uh fucking some shit up Fuck yeah, I'm glad I live someplace where we make gas like three hours up yeah. the road. If we were yes. forced to be self-sustainable, it'd be one of the best things that we would have to do. Yeah, I agree. So that's the thing is I think that in 20 or 25 years, the world is like, great. I think it's like, because I mean, it's stuck for as much bit. as I hate to agree with, you know, I'll probably take some heat for this, but you know, there's probably too many people and I don't want to kill anybody. But if that were to naturally subside, just let it sort of by twenty five or thirty percent, which it seems to naturally be doing anyway. But I mean, that might not be natural, like you said, for all those other reasons. But naturally, people just don't seem to want to have more seven or eight kids like they used to either, because less of them are dying, and we're not working in farm fields anymore. We might have to again. But I, you know, I would, I think, more taking a bunch of that stuff home and doing it locally is better in the long run, and I think. Less people might be better in the long run if it's done in like just a chill sort of way. Or if you, if it gets to the point where we're on our side of the world and we're not trading shit all over the world anymore, who cares what they do with that's, their... And that's exactly what would be forced on us. Like I said, it would suck for a bit. It's like almost any other disaster. It's, you know, there's that saying, I would never again wish for a 9-11, but I would always hope for a 9-12 uh, because of where everybody was at the day after. If, and I'm not, I don't mean like a tragedy like that, but it's, it's a shift when things like that would have to come in, our dollars collapsing, we have to turn inward to band together to make a survival issue or make a camaraderie issue. It would suck for a little bit, but as soon as we realized and almost in a way became very protective of the fact that no, we're not allowed or we're not in the position to export and import really anymore. We have to be self-sustainable. It would suck for a while, but I think that very quickly 
we would return to the idea of banding together and actually be more profitable if we weren't importing oil and strictly not exporting it or only exporting it for revenue with the leftovers of what we would be using and manufacturing ourselves. All inside sustainability for manufacturing and usage would decrease the amount that you pay locally for the same shit and increase the exportation. If that was forced on us, yeah, it would suck for a while. But I think that very quickly, especially in the West of the United States and Canada specifically, I think that, that would turn really quick into being a huge benefit because like, that was more or less what did make America such a world economic power, especially in World War II, was the fact that we did localize our manufacturing. And if you wanted it, you paid a shitload of money to get it. If we went back to that, it would be a lot better. And we're so big, we've got access to almost every resource between. I mean, I think the U.S. is the number one producer yeah. of food and oil in the world. Both of those things. Just the West Coast provides. I don't remember. I don't want to misspeak, but if I'm not mistaken, the West Coast alone, uh, specifically California, from basically where we are all the way down through Napa Valley, whether it be wines produce, um, produces something like sixty percent of the western half of the United States and produce alone. It's the numbers massive. Not to mention up here as well, when you're talking about Mount Shasta, we have Shasta Dam and Keswick Dam, which supplies a massive amount of electricity for the for the whole West Coast. And then on top of that, you have solar fields, which the West is a huge producer of. Like there are so many natural things, I'm not saying solar is natural, but there are so many things that we have at our disposal to quickly turn into self-sustainability. And when you're in a position like that of survivability and people are trying to get a community together to make it work for everybody, you become very covetous of your own resources. Now, that sucks for the people that want it because then you start talking about tribalism and wars. But you're also talking about you're the guy at the top of the pyramid with all the resources. You can maintain that war from the people trying to get it from you. And when you talk about that as a nation or as our own continent, it's pretty easy for us to defend those natural resources while we rebuild ourselves and the people that want our resources and can't get to them don't have any resources to fund that kind of uh, attack. So I don't know. I, I, I think that it would suck. But in all honesty, when you're talking about a great reset, I think that that's the way it's heading anyway. According to the Greenies, though, that should also help the world's uh, situation. The world, the Absolutely. world, you know, the environmentalism, if everything's done locally, you know, as long as it's not as long as things are scaled down properly and everything doesn't have to be made three right. times over to, you know. Well, we're a mirror. So I think those guys so need to It's always oversight. Yeah, yeah. Like the Great Reset is less of a plan and more of an opportunity. Yeah. That's uh, what it should be. To, to, but, you know, they're trying to hijack the collapse that was coming anyway. You know, some, some sort of fucked up reset was coming anyway. And it's just like, you know, but maybe if you write a book and you swoop in and maybe we can... Yeah, history's been stolen for a before. I think what the big question is, what's coming? Because we're not that bright, you know, and we've kind of thought about it. So the people that are running the world must see it coming. Um, what's coming first, though? That collapse that you guys are talking about, or the or the or the uh, society coming to a head over the jabs and the digital tracking? I mean, they're pushing, pushing, pushing this. Seems like it's all at it's, once. It's, They've got a terrible product, and, and they're trying to gaslight everybody um, into just keeping these things going every year. And you know, they need. You've you've heard these guys talk at the WEF where, you know, we need 
we need more vaccines and better tracking and everybody's got to right. comply with this. So, I mean, that's going to come to a head too at some point. I think, I think you're right on that. I think the societal collapse will come first and that'll induce the economic collapse because you're talking about when people don't have an economic collapse, they have the ability to fund civil wars and small time wars and tribalism and opinions. And I think that that will be what ultimately leads to an economic collapse, whether it be fighting over uh, jibbies or anything else that's going on. I think that while you're sitting on top of not having an economic collapse, you have the funds to wage that war, whether it be a social justice war or anything else. And then from there, it spreads. Well, that uses up resources, whether it be um, a cyber war or a physical war. It takes resources to be able to fight that battle in society. And so when that happens and your resources start to plummet and there's division, now you start seeing an economic collapse and then pretty soon it spirals on both ends until you see an actual full collapse. And I think I think that you're I think that the economic collapse would come second. And it seems to be I think we're already like accelerating. We're already coming down that hill. Anyway, at the very least we're over yep. the hill. Well, what do you guys think the chances of like a But I'm like optimistic. So like just, just super clear, I'm not black belt. I, I I'm fine with it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I think yeah. That there's stoked. there's plenty of chaff to be separated from the wheat at this point. Yeah, and that is where I do agree with Bill Gates is that some people should just not be here. I'm not going to do it myself, but the I- idea kind of makes sense. But what do you guys think the uh, the chance of you know like Agenda 2030 and all these things, all these things that seem to be coming to a head? are based, like what Darren was saying, on foreknowledge of either some, like, uh, what's dude's name that did that show on Netflix? Of Graham Hancock? Yes. So what do you think the chances of him being correct that these are in cycles and that something's coming and they kind of know it, whether it's an asteroid or whatever the fuck, like, does it seem like that's what they're building up for? Because it, it wouldn't make sense, really, if that was the case for them to kind of deconstruct society in the way that it's going you know like if if, so, if an asteroid is going to hit and wipe out half the planet why would they even be going through all this trouble to do that like what do you thought i think it's more about the money they're trying they know like because i think what happens in all of those scenarios is the money is going to change at some point the money something's going to change where if if we do become a just a nafta world it's not going to be the american dollar it's going to be something new so you they're just if they do have foreknowledge, it could just be that. It could be a fucking, I have plenty of time to think the world that Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson are right about that stuff too. Don't get me wrong, but it seems like they're all trying to steal as much fucking money as they can before it's not worth as much anymore. Like printing six trillion, what the fuck, man? Or just like sending a hundred billion to ukraine and just like we're printing money and it's just we don't really know what's happening who the fuck knows nobody fucking knows where the money's going hundred thousand million they're just taking it and spending it and getting stuff with it or maybe they're getting gold i mean bill gates buys a bunch of farmland why because he knows a bunch of his maybe it's because he's gonna steal your food but he might also know that his money's gonna be fucking worthless right away and he'll still have all that land and then he'll resell it for americanos or whatever we come up with next but i don't think i probably disagree with a lot of people where i don't think that's going to be global i think the global game is over it could be and like we were talking about at the beginning where everything is so uh interconnected now that if one little chain or one link in the chain breaks the whole thing just goes down 
when you're talking about shipping, uh, I work in shipping and we've seen a dramatic decrease of volume in the last year. And it's just because people don't have money to fucking ship stuff anymore. They're just like, I'd rather walk down my neighbors and get some eggs and, you know, have them ordered off Amazon or whatever. But everything's so interconnected. I mean, everything's on the internet, whether you like it or not. Uh, one thing in the internet goes down, it could fuck up the entire world's economic system in like five minutes. So we, we live on this, like, uh, the edge of a hair here, like, and just waiting for something. I mean, the F, what was the uh, FAA or whatever that went down a couple weeks ago? Some, they said some bad code or something, and it shut down, like, all flights in the U.S. for a few hours or something. And that was just one thing. Like, it, Well, Joe, you just brought up a really good point, though. All it took was a little bit, like, in 2020, when everybody was forced to stay home, this, that, and the other shipping that entire year for you was the exact opposite oh, 2020 right. was like peak season for a full 12 months and now it's the exact opposite jen in the housing during 2020 it was fucking booming and then it dropped the fuck off of a cliff in 2021 it's one of those things where you just said it as soon as it gets to a point people would rather walk down to their neighbor's house and get some eggs but that's the exact kind of immediate shift to survivability and community that ends up happening instantly. Right, it's right, growing. A pain. dozen shitty white eggs goes up to six bucks right down the street at Walmart, and we would rather just get eggs from you guys. I'd rather like, get them from my dad. It's, it's that kind of thing, though, that ends up immediately turning with humans where they end up immediately going for that, and I think that, in a way, that's exactly what it what is necessary. I think a good swift kick in the arse would be really good for the majority of America and the planet and any anybody. I think so. Is Klaus Schwab actually right? Is he actually doing what's best for us? That'd be a fucking turn <laughs> of events. Uh, as a uh, devil's advocate, sure. Uh, he's he's definitely lawyering up on the side of the bad ones to force independence. But that's always how it's been. Independence is forced out of tyranny. Yeah, they might not be able to foresee that though. That might be the wild card you're talking about. I mean, I don't know if they're planning or we're dumber. Yeah. Well, where do you guys think this is going? Uh, we can close up here, but what, I mean, what are you guys doing to kind of prepare for whatever comes? It's kind of hard to prepare when you don't know what's, what the world's going to look like in five years. But I mean, general stuff, you know, we got chickens a couple years ago, got uh, some emergency food, whatever. It's, I'm not going crazy with it, but I do have some preparedness in case something happens. But I know Darren's probably the most prepared among us because he can like, Hunt with his spear and bow and arrow or whatever the fuck he <laughs> uses. Well, are you guys doing anything special or just kind of living life and just fuck it? Well, the best advice I ever got was from Gordon White. He said, whatever you think is happening in the world, doesn't matter. Just take whatever your worst case scenario is. Get as prepared as you can for that and then go back to living your life as you normally would. Yeah. So that's, you know what what i do i mean i i keep firewood it gets cold here for a few months of the year super cold so i keep firewood on hand and i keep uh you know a, i like to have about a year supply of food it started at three months and then it went to six and you know now i probably got a year uh, at any given time that could get cut down probably pretty drastically if i lost power and it was the summertime frozen yeah, beef so, and whatnot. Yeah. yeah i'm less can i do have a lot of rice and stuff like that but i do i have hundreds and hundreds of pounds of meat 
which I'd have to, I mean, I think your deep freeze, if it, if it's full, would probably stay frozen for a month or two. Um, maybe you don't open the lid is over it and you don't open it very often. You know, you open it once a week for fucking 30 seconds while you pull some shit out and close it again. Well, there last a little while, but my plan now is to just start smoking. You just start smoking and drying all your meat right away. That's the Indian way, buddy. Canning it if you can, you know, if I still have access to my gas stove, I think you'd still have access to your gas for a little while. Eventually all the compressor stations are going to go down though. And then, uh, natural gas can dry up. I mean, it would be interesting to see if they could get those because right now they're on diesel and I think maybe sort of like renewable backup. It'd be interesting if it could get to the point where, you know, the windmills were enough to keep them compressor stations going so that my gas still worked if we had a real emergency. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be great. That'd be like a really good use of renewable resources to, as a backup to my fossil fuels so that my stove and my fireplace still work because if you like Graham and I if the power goes out locally we still have I don't think you have the stove but your fireplace still works right yeah so here I'll still have access to my stove stove and stuff because it's all pressure driven but that's all dependent on compressor stations around the province still having power so I mean if I was in charge I'd probably tile the windmills into that and then if the power ever went out, you'd still have enough power to hopefully keep the gas going and keep at least some fucking percentage of the population going. Or at least heat the gathering points and stuff like that. But I, I I keep a ton of food around, a ton of bullets. I have a bunch of guns, handguns, rifles. Hell yeah. I know I know how to use them. I'm pretty comfortable. I have chickens like you guys. I'm going to get a couple more today because I get a, you got to cycle them in every two and a half or three years. Cause I'm not, I don't know, are you guys doing your own chicks and stuff yet? No, cause we can't have the rooster. So I'm just buying them right. as chicks. And then we, they, you know, they grow for six months, start laying eggs and. Our chickens yeah. So you buy them like, soon you buy them, right? I'd be able to buy, buy them at PV Mart and stuff like that. Probably in a few months here. That's kind of how. You can buy them. Like there's a little supply, older yeah. and buy them. Yeah. That's probably our tractor supply would be like a PV Mart or something like that. That's how I do it too, because you can't have the rooster. I'd love to get to the point where you can just have a couple roosters running around and you just renew it yourself. But we have chickens, so ours are getting a little old, and I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to eat them. But <laughs> kids, so we're just getting a couple more to flock out. But I'm going to eat the roosters. What does that mean? Why can't you eat them? Well, because there's three little girls here that they're their friends. Never forgive me. Yeah, they, <laughs> they expect them to die naturally. Of old age. Then you don't want to eat them if they die naturally? No, you never eat anything you find dead. Well, no, I mean, not finding it dead, but what if it, do you know that it died that night or whatever? How did you find it? Well, I mean, you just know yeah. that it's like it's on its way out and it's just, it, just a few hours in the cold, like in the freezing cold in Alberta. You can't. <laughs> it's best not to. Really? Unless you kill it. You never know. <laughs> You want to know how that motherfucker died, so it, you know it's not anything with rabies or whatever the fuck this chickens get. I mean, who knows what the what's getting released at death? You know, when you Ugh. die of old age or whatever the fuck's going. Just don't eat anything Dude, you find dead. We we had a chicken totally not prepared. We had a chicken break her own neck trying to get out of the pen last year, and 
she laid a death egg. So she snapped her neck and then plopped an egg out. And I was like, do we eat that? Like, should we eat that egg? And Jen's like, no, no, we're not. No, I, I even threw the egg away. I was like, we're not even eating that egg because that chicken that died is. and that was released upon death. Absolutely not. It was like, really wanted to it's like it. people that shit their pants when they die. Apparently, everybody That's does. what I mean. It was like that. It was just a release of everything. Ugh. Or she was stressed. Yeah. You. Well, guys, super Tell fun everybody. to wrap up on. Yeah. yeah death eggs. Uh, that might be the title of the episode. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you. I could probably tell you ahead of time, grimerica.ca slash support, right? Mm-hmm. Got you. That's definitely where to support us. Yeah. You can basically, <laughs> I mean, we keep it easy for everybody. We do audiobooks. We have almost 100 audiobooks out on Audible and iTunes and stuff like that. A bunch of esoteric stuff. Manly P. Hall, Charles Sports, Blavatsky. H.G. Wells. Yeah, all sorts Francis, of stuff. Francis Bacon, Steiner. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they downloaded uh, the, what is it, the secret teaching of all ages? Is that what it's called? Uh, that's right. That Graham narrated. I downloaded that. I haven't listened to it yet because I have tons of other shit to listen to. But uh, if you want to hear Graham's sweet, sweet voice for like, I don't know, 26 <laughs> hours or however long yeah. that fucking book is. He's quickly becoming one of the, probably one of the most, uh, probably with the most hours on Audible. No, I mean, before we're done, he'll be a top narrator. No, 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 no. He's got <laughs> a thousand. There's, yeah, there is a lot. There's a fucking lot, man. He's got thousands of hours of fucking Damn. audible. So anyway, we got all that. We do the tours and events, of course. A uh, bunch of great stuff. Our other show, Grey America Outlawed. Oh, yeah, we have the other show, Grey America Outlawed. It's like a member show. We have a chat server. But if you go to greyamerica.ca, you can find it all. It's all in right. many there. I love it when people have one link for all their shit. It makes it so much less typing on the notes. It's fucking fantastic. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, And if you guys, if any of the listeners are interested in coming and meeting everybody in Redding, California, next month, uh, contact at thecabin.com. Or you can just come. And let me know. Yeah, we'll we'll find a way to hang out over that weekend while I'm in town. Yeah, I'll cook you a tri-tip. Do you even know what a tri-tip is? Yes. Okay. A steak, right? Yeah. It's a bit uh, like roast grill steak. It's, it's a cut of delicious. meat that's not everywhere. I had no idea what it was being from the East Coast. I had no I will cook the fuck out of one of those delicious. for you. All right, you guys. Yeah, we'll find a time on the day we don't leave Shasta for you guys to come hang out for a few hours. Yeah. Okay. Sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. That sounds great. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody, on Rockfin and the, the live stream and audio listeners. We kind of love you, too, but that's fine. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Recording stopped. And we're off, I think. Let me make sure. The sun is in my face. These windows. Well, Darren and Graham, that was actually the first time that I was able to make the show when you guys have been on. So it's really nice being able to talk to both of you. I am stoked to talk to you guys again and hopefully see you guys uh, next month. Right on. Yeah, you too. Yeah, it was great chatting. Thanks.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.